What do you do when things don't go your way? Or adversity strikes? Do you lose your faith in God? Today on Grace Notes, Barbara Sandbeck continues her series, Intimacy with God, by discussing the important issue of trusting God's heart. Intimacy with God involves trust, even when He seems to shatter our dreams. The story of Job perfectly illustrates how we can and should act toward God when confronted with adversity. When Job's world came crushing in on him, what did he do? He arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head, he fell to the ground, and he worshipped. How could he do that? Because he trusted in the overcomer rather than in the outcome of the situation. Here's what he wrote in Job five seventeen and 18. Blessed is the man whom God corrects, so do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. God's discipline is not always because we've sinned. It can be to channel us in the right direction. The neat thing about this verse is that though the discipline comes from the hand of God, the comfort comes from his hand as well. We need to trust God with our disappointments. They're often divine appointments to intimacy and the calling He has for us. In Isaiah 45.3, God says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden wealth of secret places. There are treasures to be won in these places that can be gained in no other way. Land that knows only sunshine becomes a desert. God is more concerned with our ultimate blessing than our present comfort. And we can be consoled that while Jesus calls us to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him, He never told us we had to bear the cross He bore. So when you're going through the rough times, don't lose hope. Just keep your eyes upon the cross. There are days when heaven seems so far away A dream almost too good to be true when all I say and do takes me farther from you I forget the vows I made then I wander far away when the road from Bethlehem to Calvary seems much too long and far too high Mr. Mm-hmm. 
When God wants a change, He'll do whatever it takes and use whomever He chooses to cause it. Take the children of Israel, for example. They were in bondage in Egypt, working as slaves for a people who only thought of themselves. But God had a better plan, so He caused the Egyptians to despise His own people and eventually usher them out of the land. It's interesting. God directed the will of unbelievers to accommodate His will. The Hebrew children were thrust out of a flourishing land to a dry, barren desert. From the human perspective, it would seem like God made a mistake. Shouldn't they have been moved immediately to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey? Think of other Bible greats whose favored status changed and were forced into a desert experience. Jacob's father-in-law became jealous. It was time for Jacob to face his brother Esau. Elijah, who ran from Jezebel, rested by and drank from a brook in the desert. It eventually dried up. It was time to tell King Ahab what God had in store. Even in my own life, there were times when I felt like I was going through birthing pains as God put me in uncomfortable places to produce an ultimate blessing for me. I was reorganized out of an elite business position to spend time at home with no immediate goal in sight. It was during that seeming downtime that I wound down, found out who I really was, was there for my family, and prepared myself for the ministry God eventually had in store for me. I sang with a group for many years and was given opportunity to sing solos. I probably would have stayed with that group forever, but God wanted me out of my own, so He changed my favored soloist status to that of a background singer. The withholding of what my heart so desired to share caused me to branch out on my own with my husband. Both experiences were disquieting and they hurt, but God worked it out for His glory and gain for us both. Desert living is needed to cause us to rely on the Lord and to groom our faith. It causes us to look for God's presence and provision unlike any other time in our life. He shows Himself more to us in our weakness than in our strength, and He gives us special measure of grace to help us cope. If we don't kick and scream while we're going through it, we'll learn tremendous lessons. Hebrews twelve seven through 11 says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. And what is His purpose? Verse 29 states that we be conformed to the likeness of His Son. If you're a parent, you'll understand this verse better when you think of the many times you've said to your child, I'm doing this for your own good. We may make mistakes in our assessment of what is good for our kids, but our perfect Heavenly Father never does. Though we may not understand the way He works, one thing we can be assured of, we can trust His heart. Though sometimes 
listening to Grace Notes. Thanks for joining the program. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please write and tell us at Sandbeck Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Faustin, Maryland, 21047. Or email us through our webpage at www.sandbeckministries.com. 
If God leads you, send along a love gift. On our next program, Barbara will continue her series with the topic, Intimacy Demands Respect. <laughs>